The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, John said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the greenery, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. As we get closer to Christmas, we see many of the biblical figures coming to life in the manger scene and Christmas cards and so on. And it's the traditional figures like the baby Jesus and the Blessed Virgin Mary, the shepherds and the Magi. What we don't see that often is John the Baptist. You're not going to see him on a Christmas card with a caption, Repent. He's just so strange to us today and so austere. Strange clothing, strange talk. So it's kind of a mystery. But that was not the way it was in his day. Actually, he was very, very popular with the crowds. They were coming to him in all directions, flocking to him. In fact, the historian Josephus tells us that John the Baptist was far more popular than Jesus in his day. And that's why he had to say, I must decrease, he must increase, because they were still all flocking to him. Now, why is that? John the Baptist seems strange to us, but certainly not to the people of Jesus' time, because he knew the Old Testament. He knew the prophecies. And so this strange clothing that he wore, with camel's hair and a leather belt and this strange food, was very deliberate. He was out in the desert because he knew the prophecy of Malachi. Malachi was the last book of the Old Testament. The very last words of the Old Testament basically say this, God speaking, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and children to their fathers. So here we have John the Baptist, because Elijah lived centuries before, John the Baptist now is out in the desert. 
and he's dressed exactly like Elijah was. And so the people, when John the Baptist came into the region, recognized that he might be the new Elijah, because they all knew the Old Testament. And they were welcoming that, because all the prophets were saying the same thing. In the day of the Lord, when the incarnation would happen, the Messiah, there would be this great revival. A new Elijah would be on the scene. So his strange dress and food was not strange to them. It was very welcome. The other thing that seems strange to us is his speech, because he's telling us, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths in the wilderness, a highway in the desert. And we're thinking, what does that mean? But for the people of his day, they knew exactly what that meant. The major event in the Old Testament for the Jews was the exodus out of Egypt. And what the Jews had to do was prepare a path through the desert, through the wilderness, toward the Promised Land. Now, they did that physically because they journeyed through the desert, but spiritually they were lost. They were all over the place because they were bickering and murmuring against Moses and God, committing idolatry with the golden calf. And so that whole generation got lost, never made it to the Promised Land. Their children, however, did, and the last terrain they had to cross to get to the Promised Land was the River Jordan. So what does John the Baptist do? He comes and says, prepare a way through the desert, through the wilderness, a path, a straight path for the Lord. And he does it standing in the Jordan River. John knows exactly what he's doing. Right at the point where the first exodus ended in the Jordan River, John is now baptizing in the Jordan River for a new exodus. And all the prophets were talking about this new exodus. When the Messiah would come, it would be a new journey, not from physical slavery out of Egypt, but spiritual slavery to sin. And so they were very, very happy when John the Baptist was saying these things and doing these things. Now, how do we begin this new exodus? Because it's important. In fact, John the Baptist would point to Jesus and say, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And that was very deliberate because how was the first exodus started? Well, it started with the Passover, the tenth plague, when a Passover lamb had to be sacrificed and the blood put on the doorpost of their homes and the avenging angel would pass over and the firstborn would be saved. So now, what do we have? We have John the Baptist pointing to Jesus and saying, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. He knows that Jesus is going to inaugurate a new Passover to start the new Exodus, which is exactly what he does at the Last Supper. Jesus holds the Last Supper deliberately on a Passover feast of the Jews. And then he brings out bread and wine and says, this is my body, this is my blood poured out for you. And the next day, of course, he pours out his blood on the cross, the doorposts of our home. The people love this. And in fact, the first centuries of the Christian church, the Eucharist took off and never really looked back because of all these passages. 
What does this mean for us today? Well, we are at a new Passover. We're at the Eucharist. And we are on a journey. We're on a new exodus out of slavery to sin. And we're doing this in the season of Advent as we're preparing for the coming of the Messiah. We're making straight the path of the Lord, preparing a way in our wilderness of our sinfulness and brokenness. And John the Baptist is praying for us. Powerful saint. He may not be on a Christmas card. He's praying for us. And we're on this great journey. Now, how this ties into the readings is if you look at the first reading from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says that when the Messiah would come, the Spirit would rest upon him, and then all of these gifts would be given to him. Gift of wisdom, understanding, counsel, and might, and piety, and fear of the Lord, and all of that. We stay on the path of the new exodus precisely by living out those gifts, which we receive in confirmation. When we instantiate those spiritual gifts, and we're going to receive a fresh pouring of the Holy Spirit when we receive the Eucharist, it keeps us on the right path. And then, the last part of today's first reading really does take effect. And that's the passage where Prophet Isaiah says, about the wolf living with the lamb and the leopard lying down with the kid and all of that language seems mysterious to us, but it really is a reference to a new Garden of Eden. That's what Isaiah is saying, that when the Messiah comes, he's going to begin, or at least restore us, to a new paradise. We're on this journey to this paradise. But what we can do in our interior life when we stay on the path, instantiate these spiritual gifts, receive the Eucharist, the new Passover, our interior soul becomes like a paradise. There's not that infighting and that friction and that division. All of these will be at peace. So as we are on this journey, let us thank St. John the Baptist for telling us the good news. Prepare the way of the Lord. Receive the new Passover in our hearts. And then let us, with great hope, journey in this new exodus to a new promised land of heaven and bring and invite others and accompany them on this journey. We're right in the middle of the journey by being right here at this new Passover, the Lamb's Supper.